This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. And the Masechus Tainis, there's a Mishnah, a long Mishnah at the end of Masechus Tainis. The Mishnah tells us there was no greater Jewish holidays on the Jewish calendar like Yom Kippur and Tubal. Two days on the calendar that considered the two greatest days of the greatest Yom Tovim in Jewish history. And the Mishnah goes on to describe what happens on these two Jewish days. And you read through the Mishnah, you'd be very surprised. The Mishnah tells us this was the day when the girls used to go out all uh, dressed up in borrowed clothing and white clothing, and they used to tell the boys, uh, check us out. They didn't say it like that, they'd say it in a more Bakavitika uh, way, they would say, tell the boys, don't look at beauty, look at family, and look at this, and look at that, and it was a time to make Shaduchim. If you notice, I'm sure on your uh, emails and things, everyone's talking about Tuba of Shaduchim, where did that come from? It came from this Mishnah, the end of Masechus Tainis, the Mishnah says that on Tuba of Enyim Kippur, those were the two days of the week where people used to be very focused on making Shaduchim and people getting married. So, today we have no connection of doing that on Yom Kippur. That's obviously not what takes place on Yom Kippur. So, Tubov is still something left to that. They have Shaduch, Shaduchim initiatives and the like. But the Gemara goes further. The Gemara in Sechus Tainis, Taka asks, what is the big Yom Tif of Tubov? Mishnah says, Yom Toivim Yisrael. There was no greater Jewish holiday than Yom Kippur and Tubov. So some people never heard of Tubov. They confuse it with Tubishvat. I was talking to the Talmudim. They keep on telling me about Tubishvat. I said, no, this is Tubov. It's a different holiday. What's Tubov? We all know about Shabbos Nachamu. That train became a Yomtev. Shabbos Nachamu became a Yomtev. It doesn't say anywhere that Shabbos Nachamu is a Yomtev. There happens to be a Ritzvah Masechus Tainis that needs a lot of explanation. Maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow on the recording. I don't know. But there's a Ritzvah Masechus Tainis that writes that there's an Indian to make a Suda on the Shabbos after Tishavov. And he connects that to Tubov. Now it happens to be this year Tubov is a day off of Shabbos. But he connects Shabbos Nachamu to Tubov, which needs explanation. What is that connection? But Shabbos Nachamu everyone knows about. Tubov doesn't get as much attention. So the Gemara gives us six reasons to why Tubov is such a special Yom Tov. And we'll get to the reasons hopefully in a few minutes. The question is, what's the halachic ramification of Tubov being a Yom Tov? And the answer is it's rather limited. It basically boils down to what it says in Shulchan Aruch, that we don't recite Tachanun on Tuba, which is good enough for uh, most people. So no Tachanun, everyone's happy. So grad that Allah is, we spoke about this many times, is that not only is there no Tachanun tomorrow, there's no Tachanun by Mincha as well. That's not why we didn't say Tachanun, but that's why other shuls who normally do recite Tachanun by Mincha on the Erev of Tuba, they'd also not say, say Tachanun. It probably also carries a prohibition of fasting. Let's say someone has a yard site on Tuba of, or let's say Hespadim is probably not allowed. For Svardim, they don't say Lam Natsech tomorrow, because Svardim have a rule that whenever there's no Tachim, there's also no Lam Natsech. That's not the Ashkenazic rule, but there is a, a small significance, Lahalacha, at least for the idea of Tuba of. Now, if you look at other Svarim, Wachsidish Svarim, they talk a little bit more about Tuba they talk about the Hashivas. For example, if you take a look in the Chaim uh, Vital, a little bit before the Hasidic movement, Chaim Vital writes that there's an inyan to be mabe betfila on on tuba on tuba of because the Shari Shemayim are open. You know, it's it's a it's a time of tefila maybe. Kedushas Levi talks about that the first half of the month we know that Chodesh of is called Menachim of. So he writes that the the word of comes from Aleph Beis. The first half of the month till tuba of is Aurur. It's cursed. It's terrible. 
disasters, terrible things happen in the first half of Av, and then from the Tuba Av till the end, it's Bracha. That's Aleph Beit, that's Av. Aleph is Ara Beit is Bracha. So writes the Kedusha Slavi. Many feel that the, the second month, the second half of the month is a totally different experience. And even the Halacha, some place can write that if you have a court case, we know you're not supposed to have court cases during Av, so some suggest have that court case the second half of Av, after Tuba Av, because uh, the Mazel changed, things have improved. Okay. Now, the Gemara gives us uh, six reasons to why exactly Tuba is such a special day. It's interesting, the same Gemara can be found in Mava Basra, and the other Rishonim talk a little bit more about the topic. It's interesting, when you learn Masechah's Tainis, it's Kedai to know that most Achorinim assume that the commentaries on Masechah's Tainis are not who you think they are. Rashi and Taisvis, Rashi is not the Rashi that you think he is. And if you learn Masechah's Tainis, you'll notice that the Rashi structure is very different than Rashi B'chal Rashi is much longer. He asks a lot of questions and answers. And you'll notice that Taisvis is different because the Taisvis seems to be doing Rashi's job. So many Achreinim point out that the Rashi that we have on Masech HaStayin is not really Rashi, which is why Taisvis felt the urge to do his job. Something to remember when you learn Masech HaStayin. But this Gemara is found in Baba Batra. And Baba Batra did the Rishon give us much more information than we find in Masech HaStayin. So we'll try to touch upon some of the reasons the Gemara gives. The Gemara has six reasons to why Tubal is such a special day. So the Gemara gives the first reason is because it was the day the Shvatim were allowed to intermarry into a different Shevet. Why? The Gemara explains that after the Psaq of B'nai Shlavchat came down, that a girl can inherit her father, so the Shvatim decided it's a bad idea to marry outside of a Shevet. If you marry outside of a Shevet, you could potentially cause the Shevet to lose property. Because what's going to happen? A girl's going to marry outside her Shevet. The man dies. There's no sons. So the girls or the daughters take the, 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 the land. Then those girls get married to another man, and that chayla that was once proven now belongs to Shimon. So it wasn't a good investment for your real estate. So they had a ban not to marry outside the Shevet. So the Gemara says that ban was lifted on Tubov. So the Marsha, I think it's in Baba Basra, because I couldn't find it here in Tainus. The Marsha asks, I don't get the reason for celebration. We're still going to have a loss of land when a girl marries outside of one of the Shvatim. What's the cause for celebration? So the Marsha gives an interesting terrorist. The Marsha says, You're right. It's a yomta for the girls. The whole Yomtev was only for the girls who now had a broader Shidduch pool to choose from. And Echanami, all the men are not happy about Tubov because now they potentially can lose land in each Shevet. But says the Marsha, it's a Yomtev only for the girls. Many Achorinim have trouble with this Marsha because it doesn't sound like that from the Gemara. It sounds like from the Gemara, it's a Yomtev for everyone. So that's a big kasha. Then the Gemara gives a second pshat. Second pshat was, this was the day where we were allowed to marry into Shevet and Yomim. Why are you not allowed to marry to Shevet Binyamin? So many of you are familiar with the famous story, the Pelegish Begiva story. This is my opinion, one of the reasons why they don't teach Navi to younger kids. It's a very difficult story to explain. What happened with a couple who was traveling, and uh, they basically did a, a, a similar act to what goes on in Stoim. They're very violent, and they, and they killed this girl, and then they, t- they took the body, and they chopped it up, and they sent it out to all the Shvatim. And they wanted to penalize Shevet Binyamin because no one seemed to care about this gruesome, uh, killing that took place on Shevet Binyamin's territory, and they made a ban, we're not marrying to Shevet Binyamin anymore. They don't deserve to marry Klai Yisrael. And that ban was also list, li- lifted on Tubov. So those reasons seem to connect to the idea of marriage. We talked about Tubov as a day for marriage, because this was the day where marriage was perhaps easier, the pool was broadened. Then the Gemara gives another reason, which seems not to connect to marriage at all. The Gemara says this was the day that the people of the Midbar stopped dying. We know that all the people between 20 and 60 were not going to make it out of the Midbar. And this was the day that they, they, all, they, all got, they all finished dying. And now everyone else was from the new batch. So the Vilna Goyen is bothered with an obvious kasha. What type of yomtif is that? 
You're making a yamtiv because all the people that were supposed to die finished dying. What type of yamtiv is that? So the Vilna Gain says, we see from here similar to what we do on Sphira. We know, and we spoke about this then, that one of the reasons for Lagbaim is because the students of Akiva stopped dying. So the Vilna Gain asks Akasha, what type of yamtiv is that? It's like saying, Lahavdil, make a yamtiv on the day when the Nazis cleared out an entire city, killed all the men and women from the city, no Jews left in the city, make a yamtiv. What type of yamtiv is that? So the Vilna Gain has this kasha. He doesn't understand why we celebrate Lagbaim. Lagbaim, the students stopped dying. There was no one left to die. All the students died. So the Vilna Gain uses this Gemara as a rise. He says, he's even this Gemara, that when people stop dying, that are supposed to die, and now there's no more people left, so to say, that's also a reason for a Yom Tov. So writes the Vilna Gain. Then the Gemara gives us another reason. The Gemara says, this was the day that they took down the, 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 um, the roads were blocked at that time in history by Yeravim. He didn't want people being either Rego. He made roadblocks. And those roadblocks were moved away on Tubal. Then the Gemara tells us another pshat, that this was the day that the Haruge Beitar were allowed to be buried. What's Beitar? We didn't talk about it on Tishabah, but the Gemara in Gittin talks about Beitar. Beitar happened after the Churban. About 20, 25 years after the Churban was the story of Beitar. Beitar, we all know, is a city in Eretz Yisrael. So they were reliving, they were getting back to life under Roman control for the most part. But there was a rebellious Bar Kochva and other things. Now is not the time to get into it. But the point was, there was a brutal, brutal Holocaust in Beitar. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of Jews died, men, women, and children. The blood flowed, the Gemara tells us. And not only that, the Romans didn't let their bodies be buried, which is also a theme that occurs in Jewish history. Not the time to get into it now. And they lent, for quite some years, they didn't let their bodies be buried. And the Gemara says, on Tuba of, they let the bodies be buried. And when they came to bury the bodies, they saw a miracle that the bodies did not decompose, the bodies did not get ruined, they were fully intact. So the Gemara says, that's what happened on Tuba of. Now that has already a logic significance because the Gemara says in Beitar was when they instituted a new bracha. The bracha called Atoiva Ametiv, which we say every single time we bench. person benches, he makes Atoiva Ametiv. Now the truth is, you don't say only Atoiva Ametiv when you bench. You say Atoiva Ametiv when you get something that benefits you and benefits someone else as well. We talked a little bit about this in other areas. Let's say, for example, a person wins the lottery. So now he's rich and now his family is rich. So he makes Atoiva Ametiv because Hashem is good for him and does good for others. Person buys a car for the family, makes a teva meitiv. Person buys a car for himself, it makes a shachian. We talked a little bit, a few, it's already almost a year. Maybe we talked about when they were giving, when the government was giving free money, which now maybe wasn't such a good idea to give away free money. But in any case, when the government was giving money to people, stimulus money, so we had a shaila. Should you make a teva meitiv? Because you're getting money, but you're supposed to share it with your family, with your kids. If Yaakov Emden has a piece quoted in the Beralacha, we talked about it in the past. But the last reason of the Gemara that I want to get to, because it's getting late already is the Gemara says that this was the day they stopped chopping wood for the Mizbeach. Every day, they used to have a, uh, a schedule where they'd go out every single day and work in the field and chop the wood and use the wood to bring the kabanas. Tubov, they stopped. Tubov, they stopped chopping wood. Why? So the Gemara says, the way the sun is not as strong, so it wasn't good for the wood, they stopped cutting the wood. So here already you have to ask yourself, what type of Yom Tov is that? Good, they stopped chopping wood for the, the Mizbeach. Why is that a Yom Tov? So Abed Gershom in Baba Basra writes, that the reason why it was such a simcha was because now they can go back to learning. They were so busy all day long chopping wood, no one was learning. Everyone was busy in the farm. So now that there was enough wood, now you go back to learn. Beautiful. Now you can go back to learn. That's what I mean, Gershon's pshat. It happens to be an interesting taz in your day, a simulation in Aleph Vav, which I don't have the time to really explain, but the taz discusses this idea, which comes up a lot in life when you're presented with a dilemma to do chesed or to do learn, which one is better. So he talks about pikuach nefesh and other things, but the point is, and we have a riot from Mordechai in the Megillah, the point is we'd rather be available to learn. But of course, if 
something comes down up down the road, you have to take care of. You need to take care of. It. But there's an interesting Rashbam. The Rashbam writes in Baba Bas, You know what the joy was? The joy was that they invested so much time doing this mitzvah. When a person invests time doing a mitzvah and he completes the mitzvah, that's the reason for celebration. That's the Rashbam's pshat. So the Marshal, the Yamsha Shloimi writes, this is the Makar for why we make a seam. Why does a person make a seam? He learns himself and makes a seam. Why? Says the Marshal that comes from this Rashbam and Argumar. Since the Jewish people invested time in chopping the wood and being Isaac with the wood, and therefore when a person is Isaac with a mitzvah for a certain amount of time and he completes it, that itself is a reason for celebration. That's why we have this minute that we, we make siyumim. A person celebrates when he spends time learning. Now the purpose is you're supposed to spend time invested in the learning. You spent whatever long it took you to, uh, to learn the Masechta, whatever it may be. And that's why we make a scene. There's only one major problem. Is that chopping wood for the Mizbeach wasn't really a mitzvah. How do I know it wasn't a mitzvah? If you look at Makkah's Davches Amaralaf, the Gemara is discussing cases where a person needs to go to Ir Miklot, this week's parasha. If he kills Bishayi, so the Gemara says if he kills while doing a mitzvah, he doesn't have to go to Gauls. A Rebbe's hitting a student, a parent's hitting a child. So the Gemara says, what's the typical case in the Chumash of Ir Miklot when you're chopping wood in the forest? Frank the Gemara, maybe you're chopping wood for the Mizbeach. So the Gemara says it's not a mitzvah. Why? Because let's say you walk into the forest and it was already pre-cut wood. Right, we live in a world today, everything is pre-done for you. Right, the pre-Badikas Hamas pieces, they make the, 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 the salt water for you today. So you walk into the forest and all the wood is already there. Says the Gemara, you wouldn't have to chop wood. So therefore says the Gemara, it's a ride that chopping wood is not really a mitzvah. It's what we call a heksha mitzvah. So the cash is, if chopping wood is not a mitzvah, so how can I learn from here that whenever you finish doing a mitzvah, you're supposed to celebrate? It, it itself wasn't a mitzvah. Okay. It's a kasha for a different time. But the point is, this is the makar in halacha that we make a seal. Now it's interesting, Abraham Kinevsky writes, and many people point out that there's an emphasis to make a seal. person should can make a seal. And, but the emphasis is really more than that. It's not just the finishing, it's the starting of the new, which is we find by Simchas Torah. By Simchas Torah, we don't just finish with Zaysa we start Bereshis. Why? Because in Judaism, it's not about what you finish, it's about what you're going to start next. I always tell my Talmudim, when they make a seal, I always ask, so what's the next Masechta? I don't know. I, no, no, that's not the answer. You can't make a seum unless you know what the next masechta is going to be already. Right? That's what we say in the Hadron. We're always coming back to it. It's always returning. You always want to get back to it. You want to continue learning. Just on a side, Shiloh, very often people want to, can I make a seum on this? Can I make a seum on that? So the truth is, most of the year, it doesn't matter what you want to make a seum on. Make a seum on whatever you want. You want to make a seum on three words, that's fine. Invite your whole family, serve whatever you want, and no one cares. There's only twice a year we actually have to really know what constitutes a seum, and that's during the nine days, and that's an Arab Pesach. That's what we have to crack our heads to figure out as a legitimate seal. So uh, the truth is, we spoke about this in other settings. I don't want to go through it again. But the, the big shaylas are the rugged shavas chakira. The rugged shavas, let's say a kid finishes a mesachta. Is that enough to make a seal? And the other shaylas is, Reb Moshe had a gewaldik in chiddush. I don't know if it's accepted. Reb Moshe held, Rabbi Felder quotes this, Meshem Reb Moshe. The Reb Moshe held, if you learn three mesachta mishnayas, well, you can make a seal. It's not a lot. Three Masechtas Mishnahis. We always assume you have to finish a whole Seder. But Ramayusha held if you finish three Masechtas, the guy learns Rosh Hashanah, Tainus, and Megillah. You can do that in 15 minutes, 20 minutes, if you're familiar with the Mishnahis. You learn it well, you read the Bartanur on the side. Ramayusha held you can make a Seed. Ramayusha also held you can make a Seed if you finish a full Sefer of Navi. So technically, if you learn Rus, Rus is a pretty short Sefer. Uh, Esther is longer. Rus is short. Four Prakim. Echa, five Prakim. Echa is a little harder to read. You have to figure out. Well, yeah, yeah, Ramayusha held any one of those. Any one of the Nivea, Sifri, Sifri, Nivea, Tanakh. Right, so again, according to this, you learn through the whole Bereshis well. 
Moshe has arrived from a visit, although again, okay, it's a shmuz for a different time. But it's just interesting that some of the halachas that we have for Siyumim originate from this Gemara, according to the Mashal, they come from this topic about the idea of, the idea of uh, Tuba.